What is up, Fight Fam? From the ever-beautiful City of Angels, this is Cage Free Chicks, a combat sports-centered podcast by women, about women, and for everyone, where we take a look into the world of combat sports through the female lens and discuss how martial arts have helped shape some of the toughest women on the planet. As always, we're your favorite Cage Free Chicks, Nadia and Michelle. For episode 19, we're joined by Vanessa Atrians, a multi-hyphenate badass. Vanessa is a lawyer working in environmental litigation, an amateur boxer out of wildcard boxing, and author. She takes us through her journey from post-Hurricane Katrina, New Orleans to Los Angeles, her divorce, and finding her true voice through boxing under the tutelage of Zach Kid Yamaka Woolman. We also talk about how important and necessary combat sports are for women and people in general in regards to increasing confidence, learning how to listen to your body, learning of the peaks women are capable of achieving, and come to a conclusion that everyone needs to get punched in the face at least once in their lives. Enjoy. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Um, we're super excited to have this conversation with you and to finally meet you because I feel like it's been a long time coming. So thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I am likewise super excited to meet you guys and excited to be here and just excited about this whole project. Yes. I think it's great. So. Amazing. I've been trying to find a different way to say this. How do you identify? How do you describe yourself? If you were introducing yourself to someone, what would you say yeah. you are? So my name is Vanessa. I am an amateur boxer. I'm also a lawyer. Uh, I'm an environmental litigator at a big firm. Um, I do defense work mainly. And I live in Los Angeles now. Grew up in New Hampshire and I spent eight years in New Orleans. Um, I did my schooling in New Orleans. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. You've been all over, you know, from the Northeast to, to the it's South. It's pretty disparate parts of the yeah. country. New Hampshire, New Orleans, LA. I feel like you have a, you probably, now you have to like live in the Midwest somewhere. Or not. <laughs> Maybe not. And I feel like all those places, well, I don't know how New Hampshire is. I feel like it really sharpens your people skills, just being around so many different environments. And, and types some, of people. And types of people, especially. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. That's Makes you very true. adaptable. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And um, those three are definitely very different places, <laughs> yeah. different yep. atmospheres. Um, and, you know, like I spent my entire childhood up until I was 18 in New Hampshire and then moved to New Orleans for like college, grad school, law school. So I was pretty young and kind of like yeah. out and about in New Orleans. I was actually there for Hurricane Katrina and then moved to L.A. after law school. So, yeah. I guess you probably move. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, I was going to stay in New Orleans and then was like, um, having two feet of water in my house is not ideal. Maybe I don't want to do this again. I just watched that movie Crawl. <laughs> you know, so like with the alligators, and I was like, you know, like I'll take an earthquake. Like, yeah, really then you move to the land of the earthquakes. Yeah. We used to have to chase alligators off our dock when I was in college. I used to row. Um, I rowed competitively oh, through high school and college, and we would show up to crew practice, and there would be gators on our dock. Sometimes there were definitely gators. Added a layer of practice, <laughs> right? Yeah. Why did you choose to go to school in New Orleans? Basically, I wanted to go somewhere that was different okay. from New England. Um, that was part of it, and then I did not get into Columbia. <laughs> Same. <laughs> it was my first choice. And so then I had a friend from, I went to boarding school for high school and I had a friend from boarding school or a couple of friends who were from New Orleans and they were kind of like, New Orleans is great. Tulane is great. And I got into Tulane. And so I got, good school. yeah, like might as well give it a shot. Yeah. So I feel like if I lived there, I would be 500 pounds. It's not good for you. <laughs> I went there for my 21st birthday and I thank God I was walking. Like one day I decided to walk from the garden district to Treme. Oh yeah. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to go eat fried chicken. And yeah. I was so glad I did that. Yeah. The food is amazing. It's so good. It's so good. But and if you're drinking so on top of it, it's like, so bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's like real cooking, but also just yeah, and oof. alcohol and oh. just the like the culture of yeah, the culture is really... drinking. Um, yes, yeah, so you can drink anywhere. You know, yeah. I mean, when I was in law school, we like got a keg for Mardi Gras and put it on the neutral ground as like a law school function. <laughs> And then fried chicken. Oh, the South. <laughs> like in a Tulane Law Review tent with chicken and a keg on the neutral ground for one of the parades. Like, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I'm into it. Uh, did you always want to be a lawyer? How did you fall into that? Um, so I, I definitely thought about it growing up, but really, I'm an English major. Like, what are you going to do with an English degree? <laughs> you don't want to starve. True. And also, my mom taught high school English, and, and she loved it, but she also always said, do not be a teacher. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, do not do this. So um, it was kind of the natural thing. It's kind of the thing you do with, you know, a history degree and an English degree. Yeah, poor English majors. <laughs> well, just like poor teachers. And it's also yeah. sad because it's like, if you, I feel like if you were a teacher, so many kids would have benefited so much. But then it's like, mm, you would yeah. be at a disservice because... It's just not a good... I don't know that I have a temperament for teaching either, mm. frankly. I feel like it really does take someone with the right mindset and the right ability to work with kids and deal with all the things that they have going on. And yeah. so many of them yeah. at one time, it's like, I can't even imagine. I feel bad for every single teacher I've ever had. Not that I was a bad kid. <laughs> no, it's all the other incredibly kids. difficult. Yeah. I mean, my mom loved it, but it was, um, frankly for her, it was more dealing with the the parents of the mm, kids and the yeah. kids themselves. Um, You're like, the maybe if you were... did better parenting, then your kid wouldn't be having this problem. And I mean, <laughs> right. don't even need to have this conversation because exactly. it's good. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, so. I saw a little listicle thing the other day and it was somebody, it was like a dad, it was like a tweet, a bunch of tweets that he put out and he was like thanking yeah. teachers and he said, thanks for, he had a whole list of reasons. I didn't read them all, but one of them was like, thanks for dealing with our kids first thing in the morning. And you know, you got to just think about that. Imagine 14 year olds younger than that, like yeah. 10 to 14, just like waking them up. They're not, they probably didn't go to sleep on time. They're all, ugh, they're all like horrible. crazy hormonal. And then you're somehow like and super responsible for <laughs> right. you're trying yeah. to talk to them about like Shakespeare. <laughs> like, right. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, or like I went to boarding school, right? So there were yeah. teachers that lived oh, in God, our yeah. dorms with us oh, who no. had to deal with us literally 24-7. Yeah. Like, oh, pass on that. Right. <laughs> exactly. You had a dorm of 63 teenage girls between the ages of 14 and 18. Going to puberty. Oh, right, no. exactly. And like trying to sneak boys into their rooms oh. and trying to sneak out and yeah. just being stupid and hormonal and crazy. And I feel like I, even as just a student, I would just murder everyone. There were some moments. Um, yeah. Okay, oh. so you left. Did you leave because of Katrina or did it you? Did. Okay. Yeah. So Katrina happened my third year of law school. It was like the very beginning of my third year of law school. It was right after I'd actually gotten married two weeks before the hurricane. <gasps> oh my God. Well, <laughs> thank God the hurricane didn't mess up your. Yeah. So we got to, got to the wedding and then yeah, later on I got good. divorced. But, um, <laughs> but, at least but yeah, um, got married two weeks before the storm. Like we went on a honeymoon, uh, came home and then, um, like a week later, the storm hit and we That's had insane. six feet of water in the street, like two feet of water in the house, which I owned the house. So yeah, we ended up going to Austin, Texas, because um, the, the whole city was obviously shut down. No one yeah. was even allowed back in the city for six weeks. Right. So I went to school at UT Austin, which is a great place. Austin is phenomenal. I highly recommend it. I'm scared and- to go there because I think I'll just get stuck. It's so uh, great. It's <laughs> such a great town. Like, I'm People not going to leave. So, true. so yeah, I went to Austin. I went to school in Austin for the semester. Um, as UT took anybody from Tulane who had gone to Texas undergrad, was from Texas, or was on the Tulane Law Review. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Basically because we were publishing an article written by a UT professor. That's issue and he was like well this law review is going to press because my article is getting published so we need to get these people facilities to get their journal out 
Shout out Becca. <laughs> yeah, so that was what happened. So I went to Austin for the semester and then moved back to New Orleans in December and you know, started getting the house. And my husband at the time did a bunch of that work. Got the house, sold it, moved to LA, and like got a job out here sort of in the interim and all that craziness. Did well. you choose LA or did yeah. LA choose you? I mean, kind of kind of LA chose me. I, oh. I sort of interviewed because I had a job in New Orleans mm-hmm. and then there was this moment where, you know, literally like people's cell phones didn't work. Yeah. Like no one knew where anybody was. And so I was like, well, I've just spent a lot of money on my education and now I don't know if this firm is going to exist anymore. Yeah. Like I better do something. And so a little bit interviewed all over the place because the way the legal job market works, usually you get your job from what you did the summer before your third year. Okay. It's kind of an awkward time to be looking for a job. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of interviewed all over. Right. Like I interviewed in LA, San Francisco, DC, um, Houston, which thank God. <laughs> Talk about being a thousand pounds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and ended up with a couple of offers in LA. And also my then husband had always kind of lobbied to move to California. And I had always said I didn't want to take the California bar because mm-hmm. the California it's bar is the hardest. really yeah. hard. It has a really low pass rate. And so that I sort of reconsidered and was like, okay, fine. If we're going to move anyways. Um, and I ended up with a really wonderful job out here um, where I spent the first like 11 years of my career. So it was wow. a good long time. It was a great place. So it sort of all worked out. And I love LA. How did you get into environmental litigation? So it was totally by happenstance. I came out of law school school without a specialty, really, for the most part. Um, And I went to a big, giant firm that was was over a thousand lawyers and offices in a whole bunch of cities. Um, But I knew I wanted to litigate. I wanted to do transactional work. And one of the guys down the hall from me, he's like two offices down, I got to be friends with. And he had this one case in this very particular area of law that was like, it was a small case and the partner was a retired partner who didn't have an office in the building anymore. Oh. And so this guy was like, hey, I need some research done and they will not pay my rates and you're cheaper because you're newer. Um, will you do this research project for me? And I said, sure. And I did it and it was good and everybody was happy. And then like two months later, he was like, hey, remember that case you worked on? Yeah. Well, I'm going on vacation to Russia. <laughs> so I'm going to be totally out of pocket. Can you just like, you know, check the emails and like, you know, respond? Nothing's yeah. going to happen. Just babysit this case while I'm gone. And I said, sure, no problem. So of course he disappears off to Russia and like all hell breaks loose on the case. <laughs> <laughs> and the partner is like, I'm in Hawaii. I don't want to deal with this. Like just they handle it. And this like, is a, a movie. Lawyer, right? like, you take care of it. <laughs> so I ended up getting a lot of experience and a lot of exposure to like, yeah. the client and the partner. And that was sort of my entree into this world. And it was, that was a portion of my practice for a long time. And then um, about a year and a half ago, I actually changed firms to do specifically that type of environmental work. So I did a lot of general commercial litigation before as well. So that's kind of how I do that. So what exactly, I guess, is the question <laughs> next? <laughs> um, so that? what I do primarily, yeah. uh, it's no colloquially is Prop 65. It's basically, you know how everything has those warning labels on it that say this product contains chemicals and it's going to cause cancer or reproductive harm. I do that. <laughs> it's like every product, I feel. <laughs> yeah, it is. So on that is primarily what I do. And then I do a fair amount of uh, pro bono work as well when I can fit that in. So Wow. Um, I try to do mostly like women's rights pro bono stuff. That's really cool. Thank you. Nessa. <laughs> such an angel. It's like, let's protect people's health and then also just people. And then, oh, amazing. Well, I mean, I don't want to spend all this time talking about my job, but I do work on the defense side. So I mostly represent companies. Oh, okay. I see. Well, I see. Still, but that still. said, I definitely feel like we are on the right side of the law, but I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. My job is not the most yeah. part of my life. So you moved to LA. Yeah. And then how do you get into boxing? So um, I had always done sports. You know, I was a rower in high school and college and I ran and hiked and da da da. And then um, 
when I was at my old job, uh, one of my friends interviewed a woman to come to the firm to be a summer associate. And she had on her resume under her interests boxing. And so, of course, my friend asked her about it because um, it's way more interesting than like, oh, so you took Kong Law just like everybody else. Uh, and so it turned out this woman had like bought a Groupon to City of Angels okay. in mm-hmm. downtown L.A. She'd been like one time, <laughs> put her on a resume, but whatever. So my friend asked her about it and she comes, you know, comes back to the map store and says, this, there's this boxing gym in downtown L.A. I think they have classes. We should go check it out. And I was like, all right, fine. If you want to figure it out, I'll go with you. Like, this is on you, but I'll go with you. And so she called them up, talked to them, figured it out. And, you know, they had group classes on heavy bags. Your first class was free. They would lend you a pair of gloves. And so we went um, and it was great. We had a great time. I didn't have a clue what I was doing, <laughs> but I loved it. It was a lot of fun. And so we kept going back and just taking classes yeah. on bags. And then, you know, and I got sort of like further and further into it. And so eventually I was going like three days a week. And then uh, after maybe two years of that, you know, I'm sort of like watching the amateur team spar mm-hmm. and watching other people and realizing I have no idea what I'm doing, but it's fun. I'm getting a good workout. And then um, maybe two years into that, over Christmas, Zach Woolman showed up, um, who's a professional boxer. He was based in L.A. Um, we met him, and he was, at the time, like an actively fighting pro yeah. boxer. And so he was really kind of, and he was just there originally to cover classes over the holidays. But he started teaching more sort of actual boxing technique. Like, here's the proper way to throw a hook. Like, you have to turn yeah. on a hook. You know, here's how you need to put your feet so that you have your balance proper, that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. There's kind of more to this than I thought. And one of my friends in the class is going to be Ashley. Um, I was like, I went up and asked him, I said, can, can Ashley and I try sparring if we want to try it? Like, she, neither of us had ever yeah. been in the ring. I was like, can, can we get in and try it? And he was like, absolutely not. <laughs> not on my watch. This is not happening. Um, <laughs> and I kind of like got sad. And yeah. he saw me sort of like deflate. And he was like, look, you stupid pudgy lawyer. If you really want to find out what this is about, I will get in with you and I will hit you. I will not like knock you out as if you're, you know, a professional boxer, but I, but I will actually hit I'll you. I'll make a stay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course in his head, he's like, and then you will give up two seconds in and like, that'll be the end of this. And I will never have to deal with you again. <laughs> joke, joke, joke is on, on him. him. All right, exactly. So, um, so then it was like, and he was at that point teaching classes like two or three days a week. And I went to all his classes. And so then like every time I would jump at his class, I would be like, when are we sparring? When are we sparring? When are we sparring? For maybe two months. And so finally on a Friday night, he was like, fine, go buy a mouth guard over the weekend, like a boil and bite mouth guard, fit it. And Monday night after class, we can do this thing. And so then like Monday, of course, I show up like clutching this cheap mouth guard. And like, I got it. <laughs> and he was like, oh, like, all right. And so, you know, he goes and finds a headgear for me and like greases me up, which I didn't know about grease even mm-hmm. then. I was like, what are you doing to me? Greases me up. And he says, how many rounds do you want to do? And I <laughs> said, like all of them. I don't know. Three, which I should have said one, right? Like the answer is one. <laughs> like half. Please. Right. <laughs> like, can we just get around one time? Half rounds? A minute. No, let's do like, minute rounds. Seconds. This is, yeah. Like, let's treat this like the, you got a little kid's bucking up. So Why like, did he ask you that? It's like, because so, I mean, he was like, knew I was an idiot. I yeah, know. yeah. He just wanted and to see. so, well, and so, so I said three, and he was like, all right, well, you're doing three then. Um, and so we like got in, um, another guy who was one of the, on the amateur team, uh, who's now a good friend of mine, his name is Isaac, worked my corner and he hit me and I got through three rounds and I just absolutely fell in love with it. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever done. I love this. This is amazing. And so we got out and I was like, you have to give to training. You have to teach me to fight. Um, and like, take, I'm like, I want to go fight. And he was, again, he was like, 
All right. He's like, you <laughs> idiot. Like, I will take your money. You're going to give up. Like, fine, fine, fine. And so he started training me and then ultimately took me back to Wildcard, which mm-hmm. is where he trained out of. Yeah. Um, so I went to Wildcard with him. And fast forward today, he's my best friend in the world. Um, I have nine amateur fights now. Amazing. Yeah, he's cornered me for, like, four of them, I think. And then I've had very few people in my corner. Um and yeah, it's my favorite thing in the world. It's totally changed my life. That's so, so. cool. <laughs> it must be so cool for him. I mean, also for you, but for him <laughs> to just have seen you as like nothing, you know, just yeah, I mean, it's like, slate. Yeah, the- like we've talked about that a lot about how yeah. it was, I was kind of the first person that he trained and took mm-hmm. from nothing mm-hmm. to like actually fighting. Do you think it's because you were like, Really, yeah, very persistent and aggressive with him. Like, hey, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I mean, he definitely kept expecting me to quit. Like, Mm -hmm. at every juncture, he was like, she's going to quit. She's going to quit. There's no way that anybody is sticking with this, given, like, her sort of life story and, like, what what he knew about me on the surface. Right. And then, you know, I just kind of (laughs) wouldn't. And I just, like, loved every minute of it. You know, like, I loved the boxing. I loved the people in the gym. Uh, But it was funny. I kept, at one point, I asked him when did you know that I was actually not going to quit? And this is after we'd gone to, after I'd fought and we'd known each other for quite a while. And I thought he was going to say, you know, oh, after I trained for X amount of time or after you told me you really wanted to go fight or after you came yeah. the wild card. No, what he said was after, so my first tournament, I won the first fight and then lost the second one. And he said, after you came back to the gym, after losing that fight, that's when I knew you were sticking with this. Like right. coming back after losing, yeah. that's when I knew. So I guess it's easy to stick with it when you're winning. Right. It's a whole yeah. different thing when True. you've trained so hard and then you lose. You're like, Oof, yeah, what exactly. do I do from here? Yeah. Especially like I went to North, I was fighting in North Carolina. So oh my gosh. Across yeah. the country. Yeah. New um, environment. I, hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I already felt like sort of the interloper at wild card, you know, right. well is a phenomenal place. Yeah. Everyone there is yeah. great to me. <laughs> yeah. But I was sort of like, what am I this like, you know, mid thirties mm-hmm. lawyer doing like thinking I'm going to be part of this amateur team or what I'm, you know, looking across the gym at Freddie Roach. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, one of these things. What yeah. am I doing? <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so I literally thought, I remember climbing out of the ring after losing that fight. I'm like, I lost that fight. Like, there was no, like, it was not close. It was not like, yeah. like, they stopped it and, like, it was the right call. Um, and thinking, like, I don't know if they're going to, like, let, like, no one's going to talk to me ever again. Like, I'm going to no. get kicked out of the gym. Like, I 100% believe that. Wow. I got out of the ring and I like sort of like held myself together long enough to at least be a decent like sportsman and like you know. Is it because you like felt like like shame? You failed them. Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. And then as soon as I got out of the gym, I was like sobbing, and I everybody said to Zach, "Are you mad at me? And do you still love me?" And I said, <laughs> "No, I'm not mad at you. And yes, I still love you." And I was like, oh, "Okay, like you know, that's one person. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like." It's one start. person, right. so hopefully maybe everyone else is you yeah. can spread yeah. the message to everyone. <laughs> exactly. Well, and also he came at a point in my life where I was still married, but like I knew on some level that I was that it was not gonna work out, but I had not like said that out loud to myself mm-hmm. yet. And I had just sort of just started to find this new community and this new life that was like, right. oh my god, my life can be so much better. And I had this moment of like, did I just set all that on fire mm-hmm. by losing this fight? You know, like have I just I lost my I could see this, the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm like, did I just? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. It's all folks. Like, <laughs> right. Like, nice done. try. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel exactly. that. Exactly. So. so before you started boxing, uh, you, you just mentioned community. Did you do anything? Was it just like? I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to ask, but did you have a did you have a community before yeah. that? Um, so I mean, I definitely had 
friends and that kind of thing. But I didn't really have a great community in L.A. Just right. Because, you know, I had moved here as an adult, not knowing anybody right. in L.A. And so I had friends from work and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the friends that you make at work as an adult, are they're not the same sort of yeah. like ride or die friends totally. that you make in others. So I didn't really have a strong sort of local base right. here and people that I was like oh I want to like hang out with you on the weekends that kind of thing I had friends across the country from high school college growing up but yeah I was kind of it's kind of like me and my husband which was obviously not yeah <laughs> did not end well right exactly yeah. so yeah and it was this breath of fresh air to finally have that totally you know oh, yeah so when you started what did your husband think of all this he was not happy what was he doing uh, so you you got a job and then what was he yeah good question <laughs> okay got it um yeah not a lot really um yeah when we moved to, so he had done um like concert and theater lighting okay um, when we were pretty cool job yeah and he did it for a long time and had his own business and did fine with it and then the hurricane to be fair did yeah. kind of throw a wrench in that and then we moved and so when we moved he was kind of like well you've got this great job at this law firm is it okay if I take a little while to, like figure my mm-hmm. life out and I was like yeah sure that's fine like go ahead you know I can like pay the rent like take some time figure it out and then of course like some time turned into like 10 years mm, yes. <laughs> of like it, being like hmm, you appear to have watched a lot of Netflix <laughs> and, and he took some community college classes but yeah never, like and he already had a degree and right, so yeah. just um yeah it was not doing a whole heck of a lot um, and so when I started boxing, I, went, I told, him, told him that I wanted to maybe give sparring a try before I'd even mm-hmm. like start, like actually done it. Yeah. And, and he was not, he was like, that's a really stupid idea. You should not do that. I'm like, what was like, his rationale? <laughs> I mean, I think like, well, my dad was like, you know, you make your living with your eyes and your brain. And I think it was, it was sort of that, um, I think. And I think also he just really did not, he didn't like the fact that I had this community that I was yeah. sort of starting to build. And I so had these friends and yeah. I had other people that I was, was like, Oh, there are people that I enjoy hanging out with, and they sort of it made me realize how much I did not enjoy spending time. Yeah, with totally. You know, it's like when you have yeah. something contrasted mm-hmm. with. So he didn't like any of that. He didn't like just the time I was spending at the gym. He certainly didn't want me getting like more deeply involved in that. He really did not like Zach. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine why he might be yeah. threatened. <laughs> We've always been nothing but friends, no, totally. No, yeah, but, yeah. yeah um, no, but still, kind of well, confident like guy who's been Zach. through a lot. And then, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, and like, look, Zach is the most spectacular human being I've ever met in my life. Yeah, like, he's amazing. Like I said, he's my best best friend in the world. Um, you know, so yeah, my husband did not like any of that. Um, I remember when uh, I initially went to Wildcard, like, Zach called me up to say, like, hey, like, I'm not going to be teaching City of Angels anymore, so, like, you know, uh, you need to come back to Wildcard with me if you want to train with me. And I remember telling my husband, like, like shit, you know, like, I've got to figure something out. And he was like, well, you can't go to Wildcard. Like, that's where, like, the real boxers are. Like, you can't go there. And then I was like, well, like, Zach, I'm, Zach is I'm, telling me I had, like, right, I have to go with well, him. Well, I'm going. You know, it was one of those moments where I sort of had to decide yeah, whether yeah. I was going to take the risk or not. And I was terrified. Yeah, of course. of course. The first time I showed up Wildcard, I was literally afraid to go inside. I stood I in the parking lot and texted Zach, like, can I come in? <laughs> yeah, I think that would do the same. <laughs> yeah, right? same. Yeah. And then I walk up the stairs and like, there's Freddie Roach, like, right, right in my face. <laughs> and you're like, oh, <laughs> right. Anxiety <laughs> attack. Right. But yeah, so. So, um, yeah, he was very opposed to the whole thing. And even then, like, the further I got into it, the more sort of anti-fighting he was. And he came with me the, to those first fights and just spent the whole weekend, which, as you guys know, you know, when you fight, like, your head is kind of in the... Yeah, yeah, yeah Like, you're just course. not available yeah, to other you're people. you're not going to be, like, like having attention. normal conversations. And right, stuff like that. exactly. Yeah. Which is, like, totally first, understandable. Your first fights, like, fine, you're 10 fights in. Okay. Also with your spouse, it's like... 
Yo, no, but right. I feel like even with 10 fights in, it's like you got to have a certain like selfish focus because right. otherwise you, you're going to get fucked up. So you're right. getting yeah. in a fight. It's not like you're <laughs> playing <laughs> soccer. It's like trying to hurt you. Like, yeah. And you're going to make weight and like, yeah. all of that it's stuff. It's a whole thing. Right. And he was like very like, why aren't you paying attention to me? Why is oh this more about oh me my God. sort of no. thing? Yeah, the whole time. And then even afterwards, like the minute I got out of the ring, he was like, okay, so like now you can pay attention to me again, you know? And I was like, like I have so much processing to do. I just oh. got punched in the face. Have you seen Free Solo? The yes. Okay, because yeah. the what what you're saying is reminding me of the girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, like, she drove me bananas. <laughs> the day before, she's like, I want you to think about me when you're climbing. I'm like, no, I was about to the rocks. <laughs> Girl, like, what are you talking about? He's literally about to go climb without anything on. Right, like, no, he can't be thinking about, about anything you. Yeah. Except he needs to think about what he's exactly. <laughs> this goes here. That's it. Yeah, it's funny because like those people. I don't know. I mean, different from the girlfriend, but your husband it's, or your ex-husband. It's like he could have chosen to be Support. excited. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not but saying he, he chose, necessarily yeah. need to be excited. Be excited for you, but he could have looked at what you're doing and gone like, you know what? Be supportive. Yeah. yeah. I need to go to the gym, or I need to do something, or you know what? She took a class. I'm gonna take my. I'm gonna do this. Too, or even you know, if he but, doesn't, like again, just respect the the headspace that you needed to be right. in for that. Yeah, exactly. Or I mean, as simple as you know, like he really hated sort of like socializing with my friends the gym and it's like all you have to do is like show up at a barbecue and like eat a burger and like, like have a beer away. and be friendly to people who you've met a bazillion times before and yeah. who are going to be nice to you like, totally it's not that hard no. you know like be social he just allowed himself to be consumed by some kind of sort of jealousy just yeah shame I mean, whatever sad person yeah he was very jealous and very much was not thrilled that I all of a sudden had this like sort of external support system. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bro, you could be in the circle. Like literally, <laughs> I want you to be like you could literally just be like there's no further action well, yeah, And I mean look like you know boxing was obviously like not the only thing that was the yeah, matter totally, with that relationship. Totally, yeah. It was just sort of the thing that exposed everything else. Yeah. Like oh there is a way out of this and there is another way to live mm. my life. Uh you know so it like, gave me a window into that that then allowed me to extricate myself from that relationship yeah. I just kind of had thought you know, I spent a lot of time thinking like yeah this kind of sucks but like I don't know that I can get out of this and then right. finally I was like oh no I can like it's gonna yeah. be hard and painful but I can do it and also then again I had this support structure you know I had Zach and some of my other friends in the gym who I could call up and be like hey my soon-to-be ex is being a psychopath and I can't kick him out of my house. Thank you, California law. Like, can I come spend the night with you? Like, right. can I yeah. like, call you, like, crying when he's like, I'm going to bankrupt you, you know? Right. Like, all that stuff, which I didn't have before. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure also, like, knowing that you can get in the ring and get punched in the face and then get back in there, I'm sure that really added to your confidence of, like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it really does. Yeah. It really changes the way you just sort of move through the world generally, I think. Um, yeah. Once you've done some sort of combat sport. Mm -hmm. um, I think particularly for women, right? Like, that knowledge of, like, what happens when I get hit in the face, right? Yeah. It's like an agency of your own yeah. body, like. Right, and just that you're tougher than you know you yeah. are in so many ways, like, both physically and mentally. And before I started boxing, I had never been punched in the face before. Right. Um, which I think boys, like, get yeah. punched in the face a little bit more than girls do. Like, they, although I, I like guess they fight more. Less now. I'm my brother, um, well, he doesn't listen to this, but, and I don't think he'd be embarrassed by this, but he told my mom, my brother's 21, he mm -hmm. recently told my mom, oh, yeah, like, me and my buddy, when we were in elementary school, we used to get hall pass and just go fight in the bathroom. My mom's like, why? Awesome. <laughs> Like, and I'm like, why yes. is this? 
<laughs> he was like, I don't know. <laughs> I have yeah. no idea why. But, but yeah. yeah, like I had you know, I'd never been hit before. And so I didn't know what would happen if I got punched in the yeah. face. It's like, what happens if someone comes up to me on the street and like mugs me or hits me or yeah. whatever? Like, am I going to die? Am I going to collapse? Am I going to be like instantly knocked out? And then once you do it, you're like, oh no, I am much physically tougher. Like, no, it is actually really hard to knock someone unconscious yeah. by hitting them in the face. Like <laughs> faces is, are sharp. Right. Like it is not actually like, oh, someone hits you and you're out cold. Yeah. Like yeah. in the movies, you know? <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Right. Or like you're gonna be bleeding everywhere and uh, you know it's why it's mess. sometimes like, fun to watch fights with people who've never watched fighting before. Right. Just like their commentary on it is like, why isn't he following? You're like because he's a badass man. Because <laughs> right. he's a professional. It's actually really difficult to, to knock somebody yeah. out or like take someone down. That's why yeah. they have like 15 to 25 minutes to do something. <laughs> right. Exactly. And why like a lot of fights go the distance, yeah. right? Yeah. Not yeah. end in knockouts or they end in TKOs and not or, actual, yeah. like an yeah. actual literal knockout is like actually really hard. fairly yeah. uncommon, really yeah. difficult to do. So I think just in terms of knowing yeah. that about yourself, it changes the way you move through the world. And also like everything you do, you're like, are you going to hit me right now in this meeting? No. Let's go. Oh, like, then I can handle this. Like, we're good. That's yeah. really, oh, we always talk about this. There will be people, people standing in your way or something. And I'm just like, oh, you're one of these people. You don't understand violence. You don't understand that I could just hit you. In your right. Face. Yeah, like, exactly. Push you down the escalator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this like we always just, think that, yeah. and people are like, "That's a really dark thought." But I'm just like, like, you know, I don't want to be rude when I'm saying something to somebody, but you're doing something that's really, really unacceptable and annoying. And somebody, uh, somebody ought to punch you. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. sometimes. And sometimes, you know, the whole uh, violence solves everything, or fighting solves everything. It's like it, I it, think does. it kind of does. It does. It does. Yeah. yeah. No, it. I mean, it's, I think it makes people some people way nicer. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I'm. It, it like simplifies things, mm-hmm. and also it, it teaches you a lot about yourself. Totally. Right. I mean, I feel like it's sort of a dumb, cheesy thing to quote, but it's not wrong. Like how much you know about yourself, you've never been in a fight. Like fight yeah. club. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. You really yep. do learn a lot about yourself. Like about what I kind of firmly believe everyone should get punched in the face at least once, or mm-hmm. like get into a fight at least once. And when I say that, people look at me weird. I think I'm like, like no, you it's totally have true. no physical awareness. Then I think that's yeah. the second, the second like mandate in fight club. Like they have to go get in the fight yeah, yeah in order to be part of the crew you have to get and fight yeah. with a random person start a fight which yeah. is surprisingly hard to do right like yeah. people run away yeah. <laughs> <sighs> no but yeah. it's true like it gives you a different level of like self-awareness and i think in the mm-hmm. modern world people really uh, as uh, coach carmen bot said are not physically literate mm-hmm. and yeah. so they don't know like how their body moves what their body is even capable of is kind of like mm-hmm. blindness and then yeah. nothing really wakes that up like first time i ever sparred because i was doing karate and I was, I was like a yellow belt and I got paired up with this blue belt, but he was a 12 year old kid, like my age, he was uh-huh. like smaller. It was physically, it was fine. Yeah. And he's like, don't kick her in the face. First thing he <laughs> does, kick in the face. This right? roundhouse me so hard in the face. Mm-hmm. And I just stood there and I'm like, oh, do I want to continue this? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. Press A to continue. <laughs> I love that idea of like physical literacy um, and sort of understanding how your body works and understanding how you move and how you move through the world. Because I do think a lot of people lack it and it is a it really changes the way you do everything, the way you think about yeah. everything. Have you noticed kind of a translation from like the ring into when you do litigate? It's interesting. Like I sort of see, see boxing and see fighting sports everywhere. It's, of it's now like the <laughs> lens through which I view everything, yeah, yeah. Uh, which you know may just be sort of a function of yeah. because it's the thing that I love. And so, you know, you see see everything through whatever lens yeah. you see things through. But that being said, yeah, for sure. I, I see it um, in the way that like you, 
are aware of just the way people carry themselves mm-hmm. and um, the way people conduct themselves. And just, you know, Joyce Carol Oates has in um, her book on boxing, she's something to the effect of um, boxing is no metaphor for life. Life is a metaphor for boxing. Yeah. But, I mean, I think you can slot in, you know, whatever fighting. Yeah, totally. But, um, but yeah, I think that's right. Like so much of like litigation is really this sort of like highly stylized, like, metaphor for fighting like yeah. that's what mm-hmm. you're doing right? right like you are fighting about something and yeah. instead of punching each other in the face you're, you're doing it on paper and in court and like via all the squabbling over the phone and it's all conflict this, resolution which is right like yeah. all this sort of like highly stylized like version of punching someone in the face yeah right. so yeah and it's even you know when i was in, at arguments at the california supreme court a couple of years ago and i was watching people you know at the opposing tables on either side of the podium and there's a podium in the middle and in the podium they have lights that tell you when to talk so there's like a green light a yellow light and a red light right? <laughs> and I was looking at it and the green light is talk and the yellow light is like you know you have a minute yeah. left or mm-hmm. something, and the red light is stop time yeah. is up and I was like the, like it's literally the same as a ring timer. Right. Right? It's yeah. more time, but it's exactly the same. Yeah. Like, this is literally right. what's happening. And then, you know, like you're done and the next person gets up and then it's like they're around. I wonder if one of the reasons that you fell in love with boxing is because through litigation, you were so used to kind of like reading people, you know, like if you are arguing something in court because it's what boxing is, is reading people. Yeah. Or like one, once you started doing boxing more seriously, if that also like. Yeah, I mean, I think that like I never knew anything about boxing or about fighting yeah. sports until I started doing them. And I definitely think it, it makes me better at like everything I do mm. in my life. So it's made me better at my job. It's made me better at just everything I do. It's made me better at my relationships, at reading people, at dealing with people. It's just sort of like understanding the world again, because it's for better or worse, the length that I yeah. slap on everything. I'm like, <laughs> of course. Oh, this is like <laughs> boxing. Like I went scuba diving a couple of weekends ago and, and I was like, like, this is not dissimilar from boxing, which sounds bananas on its face. <laughs> That's really funny. Right. Yeah. But, but I was thinking about it and I was like, well, they're both a scenario in which you you, you have to be focused, right? Like you yeah. cannot yeah. be thinking about like, what am I doing next weekend? Or like, what's that thing at work? Like when you're in the ring, like everything else goes yeah. away, right? Like yeah. there when is you're in no, the ocean. Cause you're going to get hit yeah. if you're thinking about what you need to do at mm-hmm. work on Tuesday. Um, and likewise, if you're, you know, 50 feet down in the Pacific Ocean, you better be thinking about where you are and yeah. not thinking about. And then even the fact of like, you know, when you have your dive buddy, like that is the person who's you depend on to keep you safe. Right. And vice versa. Like your life is in their hands and vice versa. Just laughing because I read the story recently of this woman who like killed her husband while they were diving. Oh, and like, but she like planned it. She just like turned his oxygen <gasps> off. Like, oh, it, was, horrible. Yeah, it was like scary things that <laughs> happened in the ocean. And I was like, that is a really, that's that a really terrifying. fucked up thing to do to someone. It really is. <laughs> also, I mean, she turned his air off. I mean, because like somebody somebody was scuba diving and they found this like body of a diver but then they were like it doesn't look like it looks like he just sat there sort of thing it's really dark but yeah Yeah. to your point you better know yeah but you better know who you're you're with and like and you really do trust that person with your life right much as you do your corner right your corner you just like offload all of your sort of personal safety to your corner and you trust them to stop things that they need to be stopped and to tell you what's what you need to be aware of and all that kind of stuff which took me a while to wrap my head around when I started started fighting Mm -hmm. like I kind of didn't realize how much weight I was putting on the people who were in my corner right and what a big responsibility they were kind of taking on on my behalf oh yeah until afterwards (laughs) (laughs) oh thanks guys I don't think I've ever considered that until you just said it (laughs) and I'm going through a loop oh my god well that's That's so true frustrating when you watch fights and like you hear the cornermen like get like not really telling them I don't Mm. know like 
not giving them good feedback, you know, or just right. not really communicating. It's like, hey, they have to go back out there. You know, doesn't right. happen often. But. Or like with Paige Van Zandt, which is like, my arm was broken. And then no one listened or paid attention. <laughs> and now yo. she has to have like 10 billion surgeries on her arm. Right. Yeah. And they made yeah. her fight for like, what, three full rounds oh, with a broken yeah. arm? There needs to be yeah. communication. But yeah. Every single time she goes back, she's like, yo, my arm's broken. And it's like, anyway, no, I get back crazy. out there. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's like fighters do, right? They're like, yeah. okay, they're telling me to get back out there. I guess like, I guess I'll be okay. As well. yeah. yeah, exactly. Like you really do trust your, yeah. your corner and wow, your yeah, coaches. You're right. That is yeah. a lot of responsibility. Totally. It, it really is. You gotta have the right people too. Because yeah, God forbid <laughs> sure. you have someone who's like, oh no, your arm's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's for sure broken. <laughs> yeah, definitely broken. Right. How did you handle your first loss like what was your process like how did you talk yourself out of you know that state of mind and get back in the ring um, and continue well, to get back in the ring first I cried a lot <laughs> crying's always good um yeah I cried a whole bunch um and then I went and like ate a burger and also good <laughs> yeah uh and got on a plane back to LA and got real drunk in the airport mm, nice <laughs> in part fun. like because of like the whole loss thing and in part because I was stuck with my husband who was being a whiny brat mm. So yeah, got super drunk on the plane and then like that, I think I took a day or two off and then, and actually Zach did not come back to LA with me. He went to New York and I came back to LA. And so I was kind of back in LA on my own and I was like, well, I guess like I better suck it up and go back to the gym. Like I knew I wasn't going to quit. Like that was not in my brain. And so I was like, well, I guess I better go back to the gym and just like see how bad this is. Like, was your husband at this time? I'm sure he wasn't encouraging you to go back to the gym. But when you lost, was, what was his yeah. reaction? Like, was he supportive? Like, did he see? <laughs> he was there and he did see. And, you know, like, I remember him, like, wanting to make sure I was physically okay. Mm-hmm. And then I don't ever remember him saying anything to the effect of like, oh, like, now you can quit or anything like that. Like, I think he had realized by that point that that was not going to be yeah. effective. I really don't remember him having much commentary on it at all. I just remember him sort of being like, I don't remember him again being like, okay, well, like you're done with these fights. So now like you can pay attention to me again. Like you can like check your brain out of boxing and like we can go back to like having whatever conversation I want to have, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember being on the, in the airport on the plane back and like just like sort of blinders on and like not wanting to deal with him and like texting with Zach and like being like I'm gonna need another drink over here please (laughs) keep them coming (laughs) like yeah another gin and tonic airport bar another crappy glass of wine like let's go yeah the job done (laughs) exactly I think by that point also I sort of knew that he we had reached this sort of like detente where he was not going to be supportive but he also knew that he couldn't outright tell me to stop and I knew that it wasn't yeah. even worth having the conversation with right. him so yeah that sucks though you yeah. have to come home to that I'm having a great time <laughs> you walk into it's the like, threshold I just like... lost it's so selfish <laughs> so selfish so after he and I separated and then but he yeah. was still it took him forever to move out of my house he was mm. living in my house like in the guest room of my house for months after oh, we separated God. yeah because in California you cannot evict your spouse without a domestic violence conviction I know good to know yeah <laughs> FYI uh, and so when I went to fight in I went to fight the master's tournament in kansas city well during that time period and i won that tournament like came back with a belt you know and i just had a great weekend like um some friends came and watched me and it was just like an awesome awesome weekend like two great fights had a really good time and so i got home and i like walked in the front door and he's there and he starts immediately like talking about something and i said like you're no like i'm not doing this you're not gonna like i had an amazing weekend you're not ruining my great weekend he said Sorry to ruin your weekend, but you ruined my life. <laughs> oh my god, are you fifteen? Like, <laughs> okay, <what>? buddy. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, you were, oh my god. It's like a movie. 
right? This it was like such an movie. amazing line. I, like, I can't believe you actually said that. Like, if someone put that in a movie, you'd be like, that's too, too much. Right? Yeah. Also, just like, let's wind that back. <laughs> you should hear what you just said. Like, you ruined my life. Let me tell you how just wrong that statement is. Wow. Oh my yeah, wow. I mean, he said many great I'm thoughts. happy that he's out for you. Of course, <laughs> at one point he said to me, you know, like, you just like, you like look really good since you started boxing and you're like in really good shape. And like, I don't even get to enjoy it. It's like, oh, sorry. Oh, gross. <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs> Did you think that was going to help you? Right, exactly. Like, it's like, she's going to be like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, Why don't you just stop at the first part? <laughs> right. Like, that would have been way better. Like, <laughs> it, co- it would cost you zero <laughs> to continue. You look really good since you started boxing. Period. Okay, done. Great. Just start. Just, oh, my Thanks. God. Great compliment. <laughs> Maybe he should start boxing. I wonder what would happen. He does a lot of yoga. Uh, uh, he needs it. <laughs> no, he, he also probably needs to get punched in the face. Yeah. I mean, yes. <laughs> Lots of people do. Lots of people yeah. do. I spent yeah. a lot of time wishing that he would take a swing at me because there are a bunch of like exceptions to all the California divorce <laughs> laws that occur with the domestic violence convictions. So I was like, please, please just take Make a swing at easy. me. Make it easy. He never would. <laughs> he knew. At one point he yeah. said, he said, you would want to fight with, like, we got in a fight, you would win, wouldn't you? And I was like, probably because yeah. you're like not that tough. <laughs> like, it's not, I mean, like, he was, yeah, a, like, not a big guy, he was a pretty small guy, but like, also, like, you know, men are strong, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is another thing you learn, right? Yeah, in where, like, yeah. you get kicked in the face by a 12 year old boy, oh, and you're like, oh, shit. damn, yeah. yeah, but yeah, he was just looking at the mental toughness, <laughs> yeah, well, well, also, like, the physical agency, I think, like, just being just knowing how to move in general, if you're fighting or if you're yeah. even just interacting yeah. with someone who doesn't know how to move, like, yeah. well, I mean, like, at least he realized that if you would try to start some shit it was not gonna end well for him little dollop of awareness right, a little yeah. bit <laughs> did he understand the significance that, that you're once you really decide to go to wild card that it's like you're tr- that's like a huge deal i don't know i feel like i i, I mean i think on what i think to some degree like he understood it was it meant something right I feel like that's but so he cool really yeah. yeah he didn't really have a grasp of it and i you know to be honest like I love Wildcard so much. It's yeah. like my home now. And the people there have been so amazing mm-hmm. to me. It just, they have taken such good care of me. And it's a phenomenal place. But I still frequently have these moments where I'm like, I can't believe I'm here. Like, I just, I can't, yeah. I can't believe any of this. Like, yeah. um, my trainer now is Eric Brown, mm-hmm. um, who, you know, trains like Tunnel World yeah. Champions. is a huge deal. Zach set me up with him. Um, and he's amazing and wonderful and, like, deals with my idiocy. <laughs> and it's just, like, fantastic. There's one day I was training with him. I shared with him in the mornings. And and he was like, okay, well, like, I got to go because I've got Tyrone Woodley after you. You're like, and, like, there's Tyrone Woodley, like, right there. And I was like, hey. How, like how, how is this, am I part of this world? Right, exactly. Like, what is happening right now? That is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so after you got divorced, how did you get back into the dating pool? And what was your experience like if you were dating after that? And then you were like, oh, by the way, I'm an amateur boxer. I would say, like, for a really long time, I was aggressively single is how I would phrase it. And so, like, I got on Tinder and whatever, but I was like, I'm not looking for anything serious. Like, I'm not, you know, no one is, like, making any yeah. claims on my time. This is all super casual. And it was really interesting how people reacted to the boxing. Like, it was a really good sort of screener, I felt like. Mm, yes. Um, it's a really good filter for, you know, like, misogyny and people who don't want strong women. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just put pictures in my profile of boxing. Like, I put pictures yeah. of me in fights. And, um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many guys were like, oh, so, like, you could beat me up, right? Like, that oh, was their opener. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's so many times, which I'm sure you guys have heard iterations I went on a date with an MMA fighter, like, an amateur MMA fighter yeah. recently, and that was, like, his thing was, like, you should come to one of my fights. And I was like, I won't talk too much about it, but, yeah, it was 
interesting. It's an interesting filter right. for yeah. sure. It really does. Yeah. Um, and it, like, A, I think it screens, there are a certain percentage of people that you don't yeah. want to deal with who also don't want to deal with you. Immediately, totally. like the just, people that open up with, oh, can you beat me up in the fight? Right. right. Yeah. And then also like, exactly. Like, yeah. first there are people who just swipe left on you because they like, don't think that girls should fight or whatever. And like, fine, like good yeah. rounds to that Great. type. Bye. Um, and then the people who give you those kind of like weird comments yeah. or statements that are like, we're like, oh, like, let me teach you how to really fight or whatever. Or like, I want to spar with you. Like that kind of Please stuff. Please no. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> no. right. Like anyone who like, does not want to deal with that or does not want to deal yeah. with like the friend group that I have, which is, you know, a lot of men because yeah. like it's totally. in the gym. Right. So, and I do have a boyfriend now who is great. Like he definitely was like, this is cool. Like I am like totally in support of this. Like you're cool. It's cool that you do this. I love it. And he actually was like, he wanted me to give him an intro boxing lesson. So I did. He, he and I did like three rounds on my roof. Oh, that's cool. It was super fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, he's great about it. And it's very like, it's really cool that you do this. And I'm totally in support of it. I'm not going to like get in the way of it or any. He's been great with all my friends. He's met the whole crew from that's the gym. Cool. So yeah. I think some people think that because you're a fighter that you are like aggressive all the time. Right. You know? It's like, I guess people's like, well, who are homophobic as well yeah. it's like they think that like gay guys are like trying just to fuck everything right. yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's like it's like i never thought of these things as being similar but i think they think that so it's like yeah so i was just thinking someone with like a very healthy masculinity would just be like okay cool like doesn't mean right. that you're gonna like fight me why would you fight me you know right yeah i mean i think like healthy masculinity is a good yeah. way to put it and it's fighting or not aside like want to deal with me like you're gonna have to, someone who is like you know very feminist mm-hmm. very sort of like women's rights someone who frankly probably makes more money than you do mm-hmm. like sort of you've got to deal with all of that yeah. so the fighting is just kind of like a good proxy that makes that conversation yeah totally and easy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are you in or out it's right. a good filter yeah yeah because but i mean like the men that would have an issue with that is why are you making things that are not about you about you mm. right i think that's right. most people just in life not only that's about fighting but yeah. like everything also, because men yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's really not about you at all. It's but. like, all right, buddy. We know that uh, you use Society Nine gloves. Yeah. She shouts too. Lynn, Lynn Lee. Yeah. We, uh, Lynn, Lynn is wonderful. She's the coolest. Yeah. How did you find the company? Like, how did you, well, how was your whole journey to there? Um, I think that, I'm trying to think how I got introduced to them. Um, I think my friend Victoria might have been the one who told me about them. Um, and so I bought a pair uh, you know a couple of years ago then and my friend victoria who's one of my regular sparring partners i did just like rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds together she became like a brand ambassador for them and so then i applied and then i became one and then lynn did an event in la gosh it might have been two years ago now or a year and a half ago so that was when i actually met her mm-hmm. um another mutual friend like set up this event um, yeah. at um anyways and so that's when i actually met her um and got to know her and she's Great. She is. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like similar. Yeah. I don't know. I always think of like this us as very similar to Society Nine in the sense where it's like whenever I tell people about it, like, oh yeah, there's this company and they make gloves, you know, that are like for women or like yeah. you know, even some smaller guys yeah. use it. And they're like, Oh, like that didn't exist before. <laughs> it's like, no. Right. <laughs> Same yeah. thing with this podcast. Like, oh, uh, that didn't exist. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. But it's crazy. Yeah, it's but really yeah, crazy, it's you know. True. It, I mean, it is true. It, it is so necessary. And men's size gloves are so hard when we would have to spar enough to use just like gloves, gloves. Right. They're always either sliding off my wrist. So then my wrist is getting jammed all the time. Yeah. And if you like tighten it up there, then it's like sliding off my knuckles. So then my knuckles are getting like right. way more fucked up. And it's like, how much smaller can these gloves get? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, I'm like, I'm like on the bigger side as women go, yeah. you know? Um, so like, I'm not, I don't have it as bad as, yeah. as some women, but yeah. So it's just nice to have 
a company out there that is like doing all this good work yeah. surrounding women's sports and women's fighting and and all that. So totally, yeah, it's so funny because before I met Nadia, I was actually thinking about this. Like before I met Nadia, I wouldn't if I didn't have someone else. I, what I'm saying is it's really good that there's a community of women yeah. who, who are very vocal about, like, their love for combat sports in general. Because I think, like, had I never met Nadia, like, I don't know if my love for it would have flourished, really. Like, Same. it might have just been something that I kind of casually followed and just never really decided to take the plunge. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. No, uh, no absolutely. And I think the community makes a huge difference. Yeah. And, like, that's made all the difference in my life, the, the, the boxing community, both um, – at Wildcard and also like the women's sparring at Outlaws in Tarzana. I have to mm-hmm. give them a shout out because they have women sparring every Sunday. That's awesome. Um, yeah, like specifically to like give the women some place from all different gyms who can yeah. actually get some sparring because it can be hard to find sparring. Yeah, you can absolutely. Um, with other women and they are just the best. Um, Brandon, who owns the gym, is the best guy in the world. He is a great boxing coach and just like responsible and make sure everyone is safe and gets good sparring and the nicest guy and then Cliff, who also helps run the sparring there, Cliff Raymond, is, again, like a phenomenal human being, a tremendous boxing IQ, um, and just, like, the nicest person, so. Yeah, the community is, like, I know when we were watching, um, before we started this podcast, we were watching a lot of things that were kind of similar, you know, mm-hmm. so that's why, that's how we got introduced to Zach, and yeah. we were watching a show, and there was an episode where he's in Mexico, and he's in a prison, and he's talking to these women who box in the prison, you know, mm-hmm. which seems so, even when I say it back, it seems so, <laughs> I don't like, know. Not That's what you a, would expect, yeah. you know, like, Maybe. oh, wait, you're in there because, like, you probably committed an act of violence, but then you're, like, transforming boxing, like, it into this? a more positive life. Yeah, and all the women, yeah. that's what they said, you know, they're like, and they're all that group of women seem like, I mean, for as much as you can have a friend in prison, you know, they, they, <laughs> they seemed like somewhat more bonded than everyone else. And maybe that's right. just the, you know, the lens that the documentary chose to choose chose the show but it's pretty interesting I think yeah and I mean I do think there's something to like people that you go through stuff with are you know yeah. it's like that thing that people who don't fight they think that everyone goes into the gym all like hating each other yeah. and like yeah. just wanting to kick the show out of each right. other and it's like no opposite like, yeah it's the exact <laughs> opposite, opposite of that yeah. it's the, like when people hug each other at the end of rounds at the end of fights like yeah. that is genuine like yeah. that's the real thing and you know I remember actually trying to explain this to my husband at, at one point like no these are the people that i trust to like call 911 if god forbid something totally. happens you know like these are the people who will like put my nose back in place if it gets broken and like yeah. i've definitely seen that happening like right. i've seen people have their noses set at the gym like just yeah yeah you know like it, it's that like these are people who know you in a way that nobody else does and you really do forge a bond with people when you yeah. <laughs> well and like someone like zach to your to his point about knowing that you weren't going to quit, I'm sure seeing you out there just getting the shit kicked out of you. And then, I don't know, I'm sure it kind of deepened his love for you in his right. heart just because he's like seeing, he's seeing you make the choice, you know, right. plenty of people would have walked out the door, but you know, right. the fact yeah. that yeah. Didn't, I think really does say a lot. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, I mean, he said that there were so many times and he kept like looking for like that soft spot. And I kept like trying yeah. to find the, the yeah. hole <laughs> and being like, Oh, like she is tougher than I would have expected. Yeah. You know? Um, That's so cool. Yeah can only hope that more women, especially young women, have these sort of interactions and kind of learn something about themselves, I think. Yeah. And I think, like, in general, you know, with people that are involved in fighting and that are professional fightings, for the most part, right, there's always, like, a couple of crazy, you know, cooks in the kitchen. Fighting calms them way down. Mm -hmm. They're always going to be looking to not get into a fight unless, like, it is very, very absolutely necessary. Yeah. And so, like, to the point where, um, you know, on Tinder, you know, the guys were like, oh, bitch, you could, like, beat me in the fight. Like, I've had also guys ask me, like, oh, like, do you just 
get into, you know, yeah, fights yeah. all the time. I was like, no, I'm trying to leave. It's like, well, like, if you know how to, like, handle yourself, wouldn't you want to... No, people's no. faces are sharp. I don't, honestly... <laughs> That really? like misconception about like how hard and short people's faces are yeah. also always is hilarious to me. Like people like don't people that's don't understand why they the point of, of, of boxing gloves and of hand yeah. wraps. That like no, the thing that is going to break in a fight is not your face; it's your it's hands. hands. Yeah, like, this is why bare knuckle boxing is no fun to watch. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's. I've been grappling on how I feel about yeah. that. I think oh, I think I lean more towards the negative, but yeah, it is really. I think Joe Rogan even said because he had been preaching like, oh, if we want a real MMA fight, like these guys shouldn't wear gloves, and then he watched bare knuckle and he was like oh. yeah it's like and your you hands look are at their fragile. faces and yeah and just like your hands are not meant to withstand no this. No. like yeah. your skull is hard for a reason yeah. <laughs> to make sure your brain is fine right um so yeah like yeah. you can't just go punch somebody in the face in a bar and like <laughs> or, i know one of my friends said oh but when guys are hitting on you why don't you just tell them to go away i go i do I just try and de-escalate the situation, but I'm also not going to go, hey, fuck you, man. And because right. then what might happen? He goes, well, I don't know. He might, he might try and do something. Yeah, maybe. And what am I going to do? He's like, just hit him. And I'm like, he's a man. <laughs> and that's the other thing that I think like combat sports oh. really, because all of us spar with men, right? Yeah. And it's like, you really get an appreciation for how strong men are and like how much of a performance enhance, enhancer testosterone really is. Oh my is. God. I always say I want to be like an NCAA like football player just to feel like. Right. Like that power. Yeah. Like, I mean, I hate that that's Deep true because I'm so competitive by nature. Yeah. As yeah. You guys are too. Like, I hate it, but it's, it's true. Like, I am not winning a fight with a guy my size. Totally. Like, I'm oh. just not. Even if he's not in shape. Like, yeah. So maybe sometimes even if they're, like, smaller than you and you're, like, right. uh, I mean, a guy And if they like, really want to fight you, too, like, if it were these situations that these boys right. are putting, you know, putting together, like, if you were at a bar or something mm-hmm. and this person was probably drunk right. and legitimately trying to fight you, it would be a whole, yeah, it's, it's a whole different thing. I mean, it's, like, I never know whether in that situation, right, it's, it's like, it could go one of two extreme ways. Like, either it could go that way really badly, or it could be, like, they are so expecting you not to fight back, and yeah. not, they're so shocked to get yeah. punched that yeah. they're, like, fuck this, I'm going to go fight something <laughs> yeah, easier, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. I hope that's <laughs> the case. sort of, like, fight club yeah. reaction um, of the, the civilians, you know, in that. So, it could go either <laughs> way, but, like... <laughs> I like that. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Right. It's a great term for that. Yeah. And I mean, I do like to think, and this may be wrong, but I do like to think, like, if it ever comes down to that, that, that like, if somebody comes up to me on the street, like, they expect you not to fight back, mm-hmm. right? Like, they expect yeah. you to freak out. Yeah. And so I do like to think that, like, that, that the shock of that one punch back yeah. might be enough to, like, extricate you from the situation, that yeah. split second can, of... Yeah. Yeah. There's only one way to find out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then also to your point, like people also don't know how hard fighting is. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. There's some fighters just like, you know, stand and bang, but it's hard. It's It's strategy. Like that's why people train. That's why they watch tape. Like it's. Yeah. It's chess. It's chess. Exactly. Yeah. It's super complicated. Especially if someone is like, if you're aware of how to fight, right. And someone that is drunk is coming at you. You're like, first of all, you don't want to hurt them Mm -hmm. because like, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. So if you don't touch them, then like, you're not liable for their physical safety. Right. And then you have no idea what they're going to do because you're used to like organized, you know, like structured, understand. Right. Well, it's like that thing. Even if you spar with someone who's really green. You know, it's way like, more dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Like you may be much better than them, but like they might just do something totally wild and crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like you would never you because, expect because yeah. it makes no sense. Yeah. Well, it's like Tyson Fury's whole style. Like just <laughs> yeah. the way he moves, you're like, what is happening? So, what are you watching doing? him like makes me physically uncomfortable, <laughs> right? Because it just feels like, like yeah, someone's exactly. like 
like uh, what is that like a ventral, like, not but, a yeah. Mary Matter or something Mary, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it makes me uncomfortable to watch and like that was such a great amazing fight but and obviously like I will watch him fight again and like I think he's great in a variety yeah. of ways yeah, but like that jerky, jerky movement yeah like, oh. when he fought Schwartz my mom was like we were watching with my mom, and she was literally laughing the entire fight because she was like, this is like a bully came in and took his lunch money. <laughs> like, And then especially when he was like like slipping, you know, yeah. she was like, he just, this poor guy, he literally cannot hit Fury. He, no matter what he does, he, does, he right? just can't, can't do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> then he's standing in front of him. Right. Literally, and he's 7,000 feet tall. <laughs> right. A wall of man. <laughs> you just have to hit somewhere. Just punch right. somewhere. And you will hit something. Chances are you will find a target. Yeah, right. but, you exactly. know, like, to the point of how, how difficult it is, it's like, you get someone who moves like that, you just don't know. Right, yeah. You were mostly, like, you know, sparring with men, and, like, obviously, yeah, as capable as women are, biology makes it definitely right a yeah. different game but being a woman yourself sparring with guys like what have you found kind of to give you like a little superpower in that like speed or the way you maneuver like if, <laughs> if anything I don't know I'm just yeah, so I mean to be honest I wish I had a great answer to that but you know I really don't if, if anything it is like grit and mm-hmm. toughness and you know I've had people say to me like that like women sort of go at it in a way that men don't yeah um, and true. so I think that the grit and the persistence is probably the thing that is I think it's unexpected when I get in with the men. Um, and I have to say, you know, to the credit of the gym and the men who are there, everybody at Wildcard has, they have never made an issue of gender in my experience. Like I, I went in being afraid of also being sort of the weirdo woman and thinking, you know, fighting sports are very sort of like masculine environment. Mm-hmm. You know, again, mm-hmm. Joyce Carol Oates, you know, had this thing about how boxing was like exclusively masculine, was like a the lost temple of masculinity mm-hmm. or a temple of lost religion of masculinity and that kind of thing. And so I went in kind of expecting that sort of bullshit and never, like never, ever. Nobody has ever treated me but in any way but like an equal and like a teammate and um, like a full member of the gym. Whether it's like, yeah, like we'll get in and spar with you. And, you know, we're not going to knock you out even though we could. Yeah, like yeah. we'll respect sort of like the reasonable yeah. boundaries. We'll work with you and we'll make sure you like, get good rounds in. And like yeah. you're a part of this team and you're a part of this gym, um, which is really great. Yeah. I'm just thinking about how it's so funny how people think that. It's the opposite of that. Yeah, I know. It's just so funny how people think that like men who are into combat sports are misogynistic. And uh, surely there are. There uh, are some. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Of yeah. There's always kind of, yeah, there's always. Absolutely there are. But there's just the same amount of people who are the exact opposite yeah. and we're like alright it's <laughs> almost as if knowing what it's like to be punched in the face and knowing what you can do to someone else mm-hmm. kind of makes you um, you were saying like a healthy masculinity it's almost right. as if you find more of that in mm. places that are about combat right. versus anywhere else that, like posturing I, yeah Raymond once said to me, uh, you know, like fighters don't have to act like they're badasses because they know they're badasses. Yeah. It's sort of yeah, that yeah. Like you don't have to like put up that front. And, the posturing like, is like such an issue yeah. in society. Because <laughs> in yeah. general, you know, just <laughs> right. it's really crazy and it's really weird. Sometimes I feel like it's almost a surreal experience mm-hmm. when you're aware of it happening and you're watching it happen. It's almost like to your thing about yeah. your husband. It's yeah. like, is this really happening? Right. You know, yeah. how could you really be doing this? <laughs> right. yeah. like, are you serious? Do you, are you know what you're doing? 
we had a guy, we had an Uber driver posture at us when we were going to fights one time, like in Vegas. I was like, oh, can you take us to the T-Mobile mm-hmm. arena? And he was like, oh, it's oh a, no, it's you're going to MGM. MGM. And, and I was like, like I'm, I'm not. And mm-hmm. he was like, no, you are. And I was like, no, except like I'm, <laughs> except I'm actually not. <laughs> okay, just bring me to the fucking T-Mobile arena. Right. Right? And I get there. And then in, in the car, I was thinking like, oh, and then as we were like driving up and we're like, oh yeah, I see it's a T-Mobile because there's always like all these cars and everyone yeah. around. He's like, oh, there must be like a basketball game no, or, or a like hockey. Ho- oh, yeah. hockey game. Hockey. And we're like, no, no, no. It's it's Habib versus Connor. Like that. It's, it's like not, a huge, yeah. huge it's, fight. It's not hockey. <laughs> he's like, no, no, no. That's what it probably is. And like whatever Las Vegas team is. But also, you know, I'm not trying to talk to this guy. Like I literally got in the car with my friends. Like I just was telling yeah. him where, where we were going. Right. You know, and like, and I got and what really like stood out about it was I did not. Ask, it would be one thing if I was talking to someone and right. then they tried to interject and maybe yeah. they don't really know about that. You know what? Yeah, I'm yeah. fine. This is my Uber driver. I'm just like, take me to the place. Like, why are, why do you where I'm going? You don't even know what's going on. Like, why are you? It was so weird. And then I told Nadia, I was like, you know, I bet, like, because I think I've sitting in the front seat, I was like, I bet if I was like a 40 year old man, he wouldn't even have said anything. Probably, right. You know, yeah, but yeah. he just feels like he needs to tell me, little girl, like, you're going to the MGM. Like, I'm like, I bet my guy. All right, whatever, dude. Yeah. I hate, hate people like that when yeah. they're just like, Oh, no, no. I know a little bit more about this thing that you know a lot about. Yeah. It's right. like, okay. Bro. It's like there's a famous anecdote of on the, like, the mansplaining front of, I think it might be the origin of the term mansplaining. This woman um, like literally wrote the textbook on the subject and she's like at a cocktail party and she's a professor and she gets introduced to this guy and he's like, oh, have you read such and such book? And she's like, yes, actually, I wrote it. And he just like doesn't cure her and is like, no, 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 you should really read this thing because it's like really important on the subject that you think you know about. And like five times she's like, yes, no, I wrote that book. That is my book. <laughs> I am the author of that book. And he just like plows her over. Those words that you are reciting to me came from my brain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am well aware on the subject. Yeah. <laughs> like I literally wrote the book. And literally, yeah, that is like, oh, oh my gosh. So what's next for you yeah. now? And, and what's going on with you now? Well, so, I mean, I'm still like, I have my like regular career as a yeah, lawyer. So like, of that's still happening. Do people um, think it's weird? Like, do you ever come in with like black eyes, bruises and stuff? I like, definitely do. Um, my job now, people are like so into it. That's like, awesome. Everybody <laughs> asks me about it all the time they're super into it like they're super supportive which is great so like career-wise you know that's sort of like moving along and then fighting wise um, I'm trying to fight as much as I can mm-hmm. this year this is my last year of regular amateur mm-hmm. eligibility um, so I fought in February I was supposed to fight in April and like flew to North Carolina to fight and then my opponent pulled out when I got oh. to North Carolina so that sucks and then I didn't get matched for SoCal State's last weekend so I will hopefully try and get another fight in at some point this year and then sort of like see where things go and then I'm also working on a book about yeah. sort of my whole fighting experience and divorce and all that kind of stuff um, so that is version number 8,347 or whatever it is. Uh, it's, I feel. Right. It's yeah. currently with my agents. So, um, that's exciting. Yeah. So that's very exciting. But I've got like a 330-page manuscript. Um, hopefully that will end up seeing the light of day and getting published. It'll be one of many. <laughs> you know, you have many chapters of your life. So Right. Yeah, oh, exactly. That's exciting. Well, we'll have to check it out when, when yeah. it comes out. Yeah. Wait. And check out one of your fights, obviously. When you fight. Yeah. That'll be exciting and nerve-wracking and so, stressful. Um, but you said it's your last year of amateur yeah. eligibility. Are you going to – you said you're going to see it, but yeah, do I mean, you want to so, go through? Well, so I don't know about – so, yeah, you can only fight amateur until you're 40, right? And mm-hmm. so I have, like, definitely toyed with the idea of, like, oh, it might be fun to, like, go to Tijuana and get a pro fight or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, the thing about that is, like, the 
older I get, the harder it is to make weight, frankly. Yeah, of course. Um, and so, like, I don't know that I can get to a weight that would be an acceptable weight for a pro fight. Um, I see. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I could always fight Masters, and I've had a couple of Masters fights. I don't love that the rounds are shorter in mm-hmm. Masters fights. And by don't love, I mean hate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I think it's ridiculous. They're like, oh, you can't only fight a minute and a half. Like, it's if you do three two minute rounds, it's six fucking minutes. Yeah. Like, don't tell me people cannot suck it up for six minutes. Yeah. And a minute and a half rounds, like, you don't get to box. Like, literally yeah. geriatric. Yeah, isn't it like in, in women's boxing, like, the number of rounds is shorter, right? So it's it really seems to vary from tournament to tournament. Yeah. I've seen a variety of stuff depending on whether you're novice or open, masters, yeah. like, women versus men. It just seems like, like I had... One, one tournament I went to where women fought four two-minute rounds. Hmm. Yeah. Um, usually it's three rounds. So it seems to be a hodgepodge. Um, yeah. But the Masters, I feel like they were trying to move it to two-minute rounds. But I think the default is minute and a half, which kind of sucks. It's, it's like not, not even like time to really get yeah. into anything. No, like, like you don't get to actually box. Yeah. You just You don't even sprawl. get to like like feel out your opponent. No, no one gets tired. And we'll see. Um, and I'll keep sparring instead of going to great sort of sparring and boxing community around LA. It's a great city to be a fighter in. Totally. You know, ton True. of gyms, ton of fighters. Yeah. Um, like I said, wild card is phenomenal. I go to Outlaws once a week. Uh, so occasionally we'll make a field trip down to Hill Street Boxing in Long Beach. Cool. Where they are great and um, spar with those people. So We want to give you the opportunity to tell everyone where to find you. Um, hopefully someone can help you make paragraphs on Instagram. As I was drafting it, I was like in my Uber on my way back to SFO yesterday because I was in San Francisco for work. And I like drafted this long thing. And then I was like, God I just I cannot make this look right. I mean, like five it's impossible. Give you five different solutions, one of which finally sort of worked. But like, come on, Instagram. Yeah, I don't know why. They don't. I guess because people will probably literally type paragraphs. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I get they want people to not like write a novel in their captions. Sort but sometimes of. it's good. Like yours yesterday, like yeah, it needed a paragraph. I don't know. I thought like yeah, I mean, it was you don't want to read text. Yeah, right? you don't want to like, read that. And also, like frankly, because I've, especially because I've been working on the book and I've written a couple of fighting related articles, I kind of tend to, to like, test drive things on Instagram or do like yeah. rough drafts of things there. No, totally. Like, no, I mean, that's a great place, place to do that. Like, kick around an idea. Yeah. People um, will definitely give you feedback. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Very inclined to do so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you think you know about your life? <laughs> right. Wrong. Like, not, not a lot of that, but occasionally. Yeah. And occasionally, like, weirdly also, I always find it weird when people, like, do they, like, slide into your DMs to hit on you on Instagram. And I'm like, like, this is, where is this going? not what we're well, who here are you? for. I've had people, like, pick up, like, shoot me an Instagram DM be like, oh, I saw you on Tinder. And so I'm Instagram. I'm like, obviously... <laughs> I was not interested. Yeah. (laughs) So this is actually a system that matches people who are compatible, (laughs) who want to be together. So it's a two-way interaction, buddy. Clearly, I passed on this once. Hmm. Do you need me to tell you no again? Obviously you do. Lots of people don't understand no. Goes back to the whole, like, let me tell you what you think. Yeah. Right? Like, no, you're not going to T-Mobile. No, you really did want to meet me. Yeah. It's really, it was so weird, you know, being in that moment, just, and being aware, well, as I was saying, yeah. again, just being aware that's happening. Cause I was like, oh, he thinks, I don't know. Yeah. And like, I was in the backseat and two, and two other friends and I'm just like watching it. Am I here right now? <laughs> <laughs> and for a second, I really started to doubt myself. Like, am I going to MJ? <laughs> like, yeah, like, gaslighting but, moment. But yeah. Like, and then I was like, no. They, and then I started thinking like, is T-Mobile Arena even a place? Like, for a second. And this was like a five minute ride. I was right? like, 
maybe there's no place. And so maybe he thinks that I'm going crazy. <laughs> like, why am I down here wrong? <laughs> spirals out of control. Right. Suddenly you've like lost all connection to reality. Yeah, how does this kind of break? Because... Wait a minute. Like, did this happen to me? Is like... fighting even a real sport? <laughs> Sometimes I really feel like that though. I feel like people are going to think I'm insane. I think, I feel like I've like slipped into like another reality. You know, I'm like, something slightly off here. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of times when you interact with people, you're like, wait a minute. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> like, slap myself. Do laws of physics still apply? Yeah, yeah. No, I've definitely had those moments as well. <laughs> when is the projected uh, publication of your book? Um, so it still needs to go to publishers, but mm-hmm. I think ideally, um, hopefully like sometime in early 2021. Okay. So like post-presidential election. Mm, yeah, not a good time to... Right, like you just don't want to be competing with that. So hopefully we'll all make it through that That'll situation. Be. And then after that. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's with yeah. my, my agents now, which they've given me sort of like, we've been through one round of comments. And so hopefully if they're happy with this edit, which was a fairly significant revision, um, then they'll send it out to publishers. Cool. We're so, definitely looking forward to it. What reading. are you going to call it? Uh, the current working title is uh, Longest Way Around is the Shortest Way Home. Which comes from Ulysses by James Joyce. Um, So the full quote is, um, think you're escaping and run to yourself. Longest way around is the shortest way home. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. It's almost like you're well, you know, one thing we were talking about, um, before we came here is how well-read you are. Um, and, (laughs) and it's, it has been very evident in this conversation. (laughs) Um, we're more interested in like the Annihilation and a lot of the sci-fi. Watchmen. Watchmen oh, I, I read the whole Annihilation trilogy. They're great. <laughs> no, they yeah, are so good. Like, what yeah. happened? We watched the movie. And oh, I haven't watched the movie. Do I, not. Okay. <laughs> okay. Trash. Okay. So we watched the movie and then we came home and Nadia was like, I have to, I'm going to read it. I have this. to she read, read it. They're like, so good. She it read it that day so and was good. like, yeah. I don't know where. Because I, where I was I watching the movie and I'm like, I get that it's sci-fi, right? But mm-hmm. then it's like, if it's sci-fi, you still have to have like a logical way things operate like mm-hmm. if you have, right, your you own have, to have rules of the universe yeah. like if you even if it's just like you coming up with a new set of physical rules they have yeah. to be consistent yeah right yeah, yeah yeah and i'm watching it and i'm like wait a minute this makes no <laughs> sense that makes no sense i'm like i have to read the source material because what they actual and yeah, then and you I read mean, the book none of this is in here <laughs> except for God. the shimmer yeah. basically and then oh like Natalie Portman's character them. okay yeah no they're great and they are it's interesting because it's like when you're reading the books you don't know what the like, it doesn't lay out the rules yeah. and you don't know exactly what you spend most of the book like trying to figure out but it, what the characters right yeah exactly because the characters are like nobody knows what's yeah. happening yeah. right that's the whole thing is the whole thing is very sort of slippery but it makes it's consistent yeah yeah I don't know how, how to phrase this but it, like you're teasing out the mystery as the characters are too and yeah, so yeah. it makes sense that even when things are inconsistent because you're sort of like working all that stuff out, mm. like you're piecing together all these yeah, things. Yeah, but the, like the happenstances that happen to them in the book, they're consistent with whatever universe that <clears throat> the characters are in. Right. And then like in the movie, you're like, are you just making tree animals just because <laughs> it looks cool? Yeah, dude, I'm like, even if, even if this know? is like alien biology, I'm like, this is not how biology works. <laughs> like, yeah, no, do not watch because okay. you will be very angry. Not has been my guide to sci-fi because I thought I didn't like it. Oh. And then she gave me iRobot and every time I'd read it, I'd be like, I want to walk into traffic. This book stresses <laughs> me out so much. Like, Just to, like not to get off on a whole book. Yeah. Yeah. but have you read either of you read um, the Mad Adam series by Margaret Atwood yes oh, so good right it is good like I'm very weird with her like some of the books I'm like oh, I don't like Handsman's Tale like I didn't oh, really love Handsman's Tale but it's, it crushes me and terrifies me every time I read it but Mad Adam I, yeah they're so and she's so witty like they're she so really is yeah she's funny even though they are sort of serious it's not like slapstick but it's like the um, 
I forget what they're called, but the sheep with like the funny colored hair. Yeah. They're really good. And they're, I mean, she calls it speculative fiction uh-huh. rather than sci-fi. And it's also, you know, she started writing them, what, maybe a decade ago? They're about, and so there is stuff in them that is really prescient. So like, you're like, oh, okay, like that has now happened. That has now happened. Wow. Yeah. That has now happened. Sci-fi well, pretty much always like all, does that. Yeah, all, you know I mean? yeah. all sci-fi, like when you read it, you're just like, like, it's one of those things where I read it and I'm like, why? I don't understand why people don't like this because just mere, like outside like, of like weird yeah. alien sex or right. stuff like that, it's pretty it much really the same. Is, yeah. You know? yeah. It's I just mean, exaggerated. It's, right. Yeah. No, I mean, I, like, I keep saying I'm going to stop reading dystopian oh, sci-fi yeah. and fantasy Love. novels and then I find like, why yeah. am I reading 1984 again? Like, <laughs> God damn it. Like, I am living it. Down, right? I am like, living it. Like, wait, is this the New York it. Times or is it 1984? I can't tell. <laughs> well, um, Asimov and some other, I don't, I, I'm. It's probably some actually very prolific person whose name I don't know, but they wrote a book about like environmental disaster. Oh god! And yeah, and I really want to read it, but I also feel like if I read it, I'll just want to die because <laughs> you know they're very smart people. Yeah, and right. so this, I don't even think this is like I don't think it's fiction. I think it's literally what they think is going to happen. Oh god! Yeah, that's even worse. Maybe yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> and then you're like, well, uh, you're right. We may not have flying cars, but we I'm have. Pretty sure we do have environmental disasters. <laughs> We have insane fires. That's right. great. Yeah. We have like deadly heat waves. <laughs> and just our fix all the time and fires and, right. and massive storms yeah. and flooding <laughs> and normal. <laughs> Definitely not. The cover wrong. of the book is literally like the earth on fire. Anyway, um let people let's let people know where to find you. Um and we will link all your socials and everything. Okay, so yeah. Um so yeah, I am on Instagram primarily at V-A-D-R-I-A-N-C-E, so just V-A-D-R-I-A-N-C-E, first initial, last name, not creative. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm on Twitter as uh, Vanessa.Adriance, but I don't tweet a whole bunch, mm-hmm. so... Um, for the better, yeah, just right. saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much that is either, that is brilliant enough to, like, be compressed. Yeah. Into, I'm not that clever, and so it's just a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's I think that's the case for like, most people on Twitter, but they feel right. Like either if you've got something that's you know whatever it is now 180 characters, I mean, either it's brilliant or it's really stupid. Yeah, but if you're gonna make it stupid, make it funny. And right, stupid. and it's like I'm, <laughs> most people don't. I, at least I have the self awareness. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, not good, good, that brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I use Twitter from afar as well. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so uh, and then you know I'm on Facebook, um, and also if anyone wants to come and spar, I'm a wild card. Yes, go. Don't be scared. <laughs> Don't be texting her outside because you're be so scared, scared to go in. <laughs> yeah. Come in. It's a lovely place. Everyone's wonderful. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sitting with us today. We, yes. we really appreciate it, and I think your story will probably spark a lot of new new boxers. Potentially, um, so I hope so, and thank you so much for having me. It's yeah, been super absolutely. fun. So, um, talking about boxing is like my favorite thing, so I can do this all day. <laughs> so, um, I'm happy that you guys are doing this, and yeah. um, I'm excited. About awesome, it. happy awesome. to have you here. Thanks so much, okay, thanks. thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cage Free Chicks. If you want to know more about us, slide into our DMs on Instagram and Twitter at Cage Free Chicks. C-H-I-X. Also, please download, share, and leave us a review on iTunes. We would greatly appreciate it. And if you want to be our next guest, you can reach us by email, cagefreechicks, C-H-I-X, at gmail.com. Until next time.